passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode... I will be recapping another busy week in the transfer portal for Minnesota football. Um, Clemson defensive tackle Darnell Jeffries and Michigan offensive lineman Chuck Filiaga both committed to the Gophers last week. And I will also talk about the three new head coaches added to the Minnesota football coaching staff headlined by veteran defensive line coach Brick Haley. I will wrap up the show um, touching on any other Gopher football news from this week. All right. So on Monday afternoon, last week, a week from a week ago today, uh, Clemson defensive tackle transfer. Darnell Jeffries uh, verbally committed to the University of Minnesota on Twitter. Um, six foot two, two hundred ninety pound interior defensive lineman, um, Covington, Georgia native. Uh, one of the he attended one of the bigger high school football programs in the state of Georgia. Um, when he came out of high school in twenty eighteen, he was rated as the number 560 overall player on 247sports.com. Um, he held a bunch of high, high-level offers from Alabama, LSU, Georgia, a lot of big-time big, big town schools, big time schools in the South. Um, but he struggled to produce during his career with the Tigers in Clemson. Um, he only had... 16 tackles, one tackle for loss, and half a sack across three seasons in 10 total games for Clemson. Um, He obviously now is the second Clemson defensive tackle transfer in as many years for the Gophers after Niles Pinckney came in and really played terrific for the Gophers last season. Uh, Jeffries will look to do the same this year. Um, 
So at 6'2", 290, he obviously is a bit undersized for the interior position. And at that size, uh, you think just based on being a bit underweight and a bit short for the average position at the D1 level that um, he pr- can produce more in the pass, uh, the pass rush than the running game. Um, he, he is very quick for his size, um, and based on his high school film, he does look more natural as a pass rusher than in the run game, so um, he should be able to contribute in this rotation. It, it, the question is just how much, obviously. Uh, coming out of high school, people uh, saw something in him, all these big programs. He clearly is a talented player. He just really ha- hasn't had the opportunity to contribute. Uh, Clemson's one of the best defensive lines every single year in college football. They have so much talent. So it's obviously hard to break through and get serious playing time. Um, but there is a reason why he didn't, because obviously the guys in front of him are probably better. Um, but he has that talent in him. Um I'll get into it later, but new defensive line coach uh, Brick Haley will have a a piece of clay to mold, I guess, for one year. A talented player that he that has the chance to be a big contributor up front, but he hasn't shown it yet. So um, if if he makes that jump, I think he based on if you want to go onto his Huddle dot com highlight tape. Um, I linked it in an article I wrote for Gopher Hole, if you want to go to my Twitter and figure that out. His high school tape, I think, speaks for itself. He's obviously playing against high schoolers, not in the ACC. Um, But, like, the talent's deep down there somewhere. And sometimes people just need a scenery change, and they just need to go to a different school. Um, And, like, he has every chance to be a big contributor for this defensive line next year. Um, I wouldn't put him in the same class as Niles Pinckney was last year. I would put him more on the level as maybe uh, Val Martin, um, the NC State transfer. Uh, He contributed last year, but not as much as Pinckney. Um, uh, Jeffries is going to be asked to do more than Val Martin because Martin was the... It started as probably the third or fourth guy and ended as fourth or fifth at the end of the year in the rotation. And as of now, Jeffries might be two or three. Um, So it's a big addition for a rebuilding defensive line. Um, But looking ahead to what the rotation may be like next year, um, I think redshirt junior Trill Carter has really established himself as the main guy up front in the middle, um, he'll, he'll play a, a big portion of snaps next year. Um, and then I think the number two spot will be a battle between Jeffries and retro junior Logan Richter, who definitely has the talent to um, contribute. He has the size. Um, I think he's kind of the wild card of this defensive line so far, uh, depending on if they add any more guys. But if he plays up to his talent level and takes a big step next year, I think this defensive line can um, get close to the success they had last year, but he's going to be a big big wild card 
this season, and the Gophers are going to need to have him step up. And then behind Richter uh, and Jeffries, there will be three redshirt freshman defensive interior defensive linemen that I think will all have a chance to, if they impress in the, in the spring and the fall, I think they can have a role on this unit. It'll be Jacob Schuster, Devin Eastern, and Luther McCoy. Three players that I think definitely have the talent to uh, contribute at a Big Ten level right now as redshirt freshmen. Um, but I think it'll be kind of whoever steps up on top of that trio will see some playing time next year. But at the end of the day, Jeffries is a big addition, big-time player um, that played at a big school and at a position of need. I could see the Gophers going after one more guy along the interior. Um Obviously, that's an ideal situation. There has to be one available who wants to come to Minnesota. Um, but definitely a position going forward. If they add anyone else from the transfer portal, I could see it being in the interior again. On to the second commitment of the week. Um, Michigan offensive lineman Chuck Filiaga committed to the Gophers late in the week. Uh Six foot six, three hundred and thirty pound offensive lineman. Um, he was he played high school football in Alito, Texas. Um, I believe he was born in America, Samoa, and he grew up in that that part of the world. Um, he ranked as the number one hundred and twelve overall player in the class of twenty seventeen. And much like Jeffries, he had an offer from just about every school in the country. Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Oregon. Um, he was a U.S. Army All-American, played in that game, did well. And then, like Jeffries, he struggled to find the field at Michigan, but Filiaga uh, did play much more than Jeffries. Uh, he started 11 career games, uh, six at right guard as a junior, Um in 2020 was kind of his first season that he played a lot. He appeared in games sporadically before that in blowouts and stuff. Um, but in 2020, he started all six games in the shortened season. And then this last year in 2021, he started the first four games at right guard and one at left guard. And then younger players kind of worked them, themselves into the starting role. Um, and, the younger players behind him were good because the Michigan offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, which is awarded to the best offensive line in college football. Um, so Filiaga is a good football player. He's a good offensive lineman. Uh, he plays played on a big-time school. He earned a starting spot and got beat out by some of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um, I fully expect him to slide into one of the starting guard roles next season. Um, looking at the potential starters up front, um, I think right now, uh, Ariante Ursay, his athleticism and potential, I think, would find him starting at left tackle next season. Also could be J.J. Gadette. I think those two are going to have a competition for that spot. Um, but I keep hearing good things about Ursa, and I think he could play a big role next season. 
At left guard, I right now I have Axel Rushmeyer, um, but he has not officially said that he plans to come back. Um, he's a talented player, uh, but I could also see him kind of staying in that swing lineman role he had in 2021, uh, kind of playing as the sixth offensive lineman and the fullback. Um, but I also could see him starting at guard. Um, right now, I believe that he will. He doesn't officially said he's going to come back, but I expect him to. And then at center, obviously, uh, John Michael Schmitz, after coming back, you'll have that spot locked up, hopefully for the entire season. Um, and then at right guard, I have Chuck Filiaga fit, fitting into that role. And I think he, he'll be a solid interior offensive lineman in the Big Ten, just like how he's been his whole career. Um, and... Offensive lineman coach for the Gophers, Brian Callahan's done a great job with the offensive line. And having a talent like Filiaga, he's got the ideal size for an offensive lineman. Just a perfect body to have up front. And then uh, right tackle Quinn Carroll from Notre Dame. I expect him to fit into that role. He is apparently recovering from an ankle injury, I believe. I could I could be wrong. Uh, but... I heard that he should be ready by the fall at the very latest and possibly the spring. And then behind those five, you got J.J. Gadette, Nathan Bowe, and Carter Shaw, who are all more than formidable um, reserves to add depth to the offensive line. Um, Filiaga is another great addition to this group. And... Between him and Quinn Carroll, I think, it, and John Michael Schmitz coming back, heading into the offseason, the offensive line was a major question mark. Carroll kind of answered that question, and I think the addition of Filiaga almost makes the offensive line a strength of this team again. Personally, I believe that. Uh, they have a lot of talent now, and it's just all about going to be meshing and playing together as a unit because they have the talent to be one of the best big uh, offensive lines in the Big Ten. Uh, they don't have the same uh, time period they played together as last year's offensive line. Like, they played two or three seasons, all five of them together. Um, but they got the talent this year, and it's all about putting it together. So, uh, Filiago was another big-time addition. Um, and then as for the coaching staff, the Gophers added, or they hired three uh, coaches to take over the three spots that were vacated from departures last week and uh, before that. Uh, it started with uh, safeties coach uh, Danny Collins um, was promoted from senior defensive analyst on the Gophers to head safeties coach. Um, he's been with P.J. Fleck for a while. He's 29 years old. He started working at Western Michigan in 2012 on the football staff in some compa capacity, and that was while he was attending the school, and he graduated from Western Michigan in 2014. Uh, he did not play at the school. Um 2015-17, he was officially the defensive graduate assistant at Western Michigan. Then he followed Fleck to Minnesota, and in 2017, he was the quality control coach. 
2018, a graduate assistant with Minnesota. Moved back to quality control in 2019. Um, 2020 to 2021, the past two seasons, he was the senior defensive analyst, and then he got promoted to safeties coach. Um, as for the next hire, uh, tight end coach Greg Harbaugh Jr., was hired from wide receivers coach at Western Michigan. Um, another uh, guy who's had a lot of uh, experience on Coach Flex staff. Um, no relation to Jim or John Harbaugh. I actually believe it's called he's it's pronounced Harbaugh. So excuse me, um, Greg Harbaugh Jr. Um, but. He's had a, more of an extensive resume than Danny Collins. Um, he started coaching in 2009-2010 at North Carolina Wesleyan College. He was the wide receiver slash running backs coach. And then the following two seasons, he was the coach at Methodist University, assistant coach. Then at Marietta College from 2013 to 14, he was the passing game coordinator, recruiting coordinator, video coordinator, and academic coordinator. And then the following two seasons from 15 to 16, he uh, joined Flex staff at Western Michigan and was a graduate assistant. And then he came to Minnesota with Flex and was a quality control coach and then left for Chattanooga the following year and was a wide receivers coach. Came back to Minnesota the next year, back to quality control coach. And then the last two seasons at Western Michigan, he's been their head wide receivers coach. Uh, they had, obviously, Corey Davis get drafted while they while Fleck was on the staff. But while uh, Harbo was on the staff, they did have D. Eskridge, uh, who was a third-round pick to the Seahawks. So, Clearly did a good job with the wide receivers there at a non-Power 5 school. And hopefully he will do a good job with the tight ends, a group that has uh, done pretty well for the Gophers last four years. 35 years old, um, should be another good hire. And then lastly, uh, kind of the highlight of the hirings was defensive line coach Brick Haley, 55 years old. Uh, extensive experience coaching at pretty high level. So all the way back in 1989, he started at Enterprise High School, Alabama, and I believe he was the head coach there. Uh, but in 1990, graduate assistant at Arkansas. Then he was head D-line guy at 90, from 91 to 93 at Austin P, 94 to 96 at Troy State. Had outside linebackers guy at Houston and then Clemson each for a season. Defensive coordinator at Baylor from 99 to 01. And then he was the linebackers coach at Georgia Tech from 02 to 03. And then he bounced around as a head defensive line guy at Mississippi State, the Chicago Bears, LSU, Texas, uh, Missouri, and recently, he was promoted to senior associate head coach, so kind of the head assistant and defensive line guy for the last two seasons at Missouri. Um, and now he's the defensive line coach at Minnesota. Um, he coached some really good players at a few of his stops at LSU, 
They had uh, Barkevius Mingo and Michael Brockers, who are both first-round picks. Uh, Haley was big in his in those two developments. Obviously, LSU is fortunate enough to have high-level recruits, but those are two first-round pick defensive linemen, so that's nothing to uh, forget about, I guess. Um, and then at Missouri, you had a few uh, guys get drafted recently. Jordan Elliott, I know, was a good defensive lineman there. He was second or third round pick to the Browns. Um, but he's a good head coach or a good assistant coach, clearly. Uh, even though he's bounced around, the teams clearly respect him. Um, and I, so I have a source within the program, I guess. And I was talking to him. And he really believes that assistant coaches, the most important thing is just connecting with the players and kind of continuing the culture that P.J. Fleck bought in. You just need assistant coaches who who buy into the culture that Fleck has. Because uh, at the end of the day, they obviously help with the game plan and help with the development of these players. Um, but... Like, the players just have to trust them. Um, I believe that's what makes a good coaching staff is a staff that's all bought into one goal and that know what they're talking about and they're well-respected. Like, they don't need to be the... Obviously, great recruiters help um, and great coaches help. But you just need your whole staff and your whole team buying in. And then the coordinators and the head coaches that are calling plays, those are the decision makers. So you, uh, at the end of the day, like turnover is going to happen on coaching staffs. Like when you lose uh, assistant coaches, that's because uh, you're doing well. So it's almost a good sign. So at the end of the day, I think – all three of these should be good hires, and they should fit into the Gophers' culture well. Harbo and Collins obviously respect Fleck and have worked with him before, and Brick Haley is has extensive experience coaching football at a high level. So um, I think all three of them are great hires, and they should fit into this program pretty well. Um, and then closing out the show, a few uh, miscellaneous things to touch on. Um, Kai Thomas, after entering the transfer portal last month, kind of started this month, um, he committed to Kansas. Um, he was born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. So uh, anyone that was wondering why did he transfer from the Gophers, that could be the answer why. We just wanted to go home. Um, as a college student myself, I uh, started at Iowa State as a freshman, and I just wanted to go home and go to the University of Minnesota. Sometimes that's all it is. At the end of the day, these are just college students, but they just happen to be elite-level Division One athletes. So maybe he just wanted to go home and play uh, in his backyard, and I respect that. And uh, what is interesting, I've heard that the Jayhawks have a lot of depth at the running back position, very similar to the Gophers. Um, Thomas is still probably going to be the number one guy, but um, I don't think he'll get a bulk of carries based on what I've read and heard. But So that'll be an interesting thing to follow from afar next season. Um, and then offensive line transfer Curtis Dunlap officially committed to Rutgers. 
bit of a surprise. Former four-star guy, had a bunch of offers uh, out of high school from big-time programs, uh, from Florida, from IMG Academy. It was rumored that he was kind of expected to go to Texas the whole time, and 24-7 Sports, their crystal ball, was kind of focused on Texas, and I thought he was either going to go there or closer to home. Um, but he committed to Rutgers, and maybe uh, former safeties coach Joe Harazamiak uh, could have swayed that. Maybe he liked Dunlap on the Gophers, and maybe he was a reason why he committed to Rutgers. You never know, uh, but definitely a possibility. Um, three, uh, kind of a recruiting update. Uh, the Gophers offered their first quarterback in the class of 2024, uh, four-star QB, C.J. Carr. Um, Big-time player, has a bunch of offers. Um, obviously going to be tough to recruit, um, but a name to watch out for. Um, and then 2023 cornerback Amari Snowden and 23 receiver Edward Schultz, two guys that the Gophers offered um, that are – Neither are of technically a four-star, I believe, but they both have high-level offers from big-time uh, programs, uh, Oklahoma, LSU, Penn State. Um, so those are two guys that the Gophers are obviously going to have to uh, really work for on the recruiting scene. Uh, but recently they've been offering a lot of guys who have those big-time offers, which I find interesting. So maybe uh, this – 2023 will be a breakout class recruiting. Um, definitely something to watch, but uh, those offers were interesting to me. Um, and then wrap up the show, um, talk about a little bit of the Gophers in the NFL. I uh, want to shout out Devondre Campbell. Terrific story that he was kind of just brushed over in the uh, free agency pool this offseason. Uh, no one really wanted him. Uh, the Packers take a shot on him, uh, give him a $2 million contract, and then he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He gets voted to the All-Pro team. Uh, really great to see that. Uh, obviously, got to still root for him in the playoffs. Uh, one shining positive on the Packers uh, organization. Uh, and then Tyler Johnson um, and Antoine Winfield both uh, made some plays in the first round of the playoffs for the Buccaneers. Always fun to watch them play. Still kind of cool. They're both on the same team. Um, uh, and it's just fun to watch former Gophers tearing it up in the playoffs. And definitely something to root for, at least, while the Vikings are out in the playoffs. Um, but that is all I got for this week's episode. Um, as always, I appreciate you listening. Um, next week, I may have an interview, uh, maybe a former Gophers player. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but as always, row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.